Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. I am Justin Van Zuden, joined by Derek Farnsworth, aka Notorious, as usual, here on a Monday evening. A week that uh, would typically be, I don't know, a little bit of a major tournament hangover. Uh, not really the case this week, as we have another strong event, one of the new quote unquote designated events. Uh, this week with the RBC Heritage, which has always been one of my favorite tournaments to follow, uh, like the course a lot. So uh, should still be able to have some fun this week, even though the Masters is over. And Noto, uh, we talked about this last week on the show, that one of the big storylines would be how the live guys uh, perform at the Masters. And uh, I think I made a compelling case off the top for nobody's playing DJ or, or betting Brooks Kepka at 35 to one or cam smith uh and uh, it was kind of a mixed bag for the live guys but uh, kepka came up just short and uh, i don't think anybody though expected phil to be in the mix <laughs> so uh kind of a weird masters week with the weather and uh, and all that stuff yeah definitely weird masters but uh yeah i mean i could see the brooks thing coming i mean it wasn't likely and you know i wasn't expecting i could still i could see reed finishing in the top 10 but Man, I could make a thousand DFS lineups, never include Phil in one of them. I mean, he was struggling to finish top 40 in the live events with 48 golfers. So uh, consider consider me fooled on that one. Uh, I hear he didn't say one word at the at the champions dinner. Uh, he didn't talk to one single person the whole night. Just the whole story is just so strange. But uh, I mean, it was awesome seeing him play well again. It was a uh, Kind of fun seeing Brooks back in the mix. You know, I'm never a Patrick Reed fan, but uh, it was good. They provide a lot of drama, um, if nothing else. And uh, I hear you got your first snake draft cash, thanks to one of them. <laughs> yeah, so the six-man, which became our official snake draft last week, my first three picks were Justin Thomas, who missed the cut, and Will Zalatoris, who missed the tournament, and Corey Connors, who missed the cut. Uh, so we finished dead last. Uh, like 40 points below everybody else in the six-man snake draft. 
But the 12 man that we ended up ignoring, uh, I ended up with Phil in that one. So uh, I ended up placing second. So I got my first cash and it was via auto draft. So maybe I just need to not actually participate in these things and just let the auto draft take care of it because I'm terrible otherwise. But, uh, you know, it was just it was so it was a weird week. And I played. I played probably my first higher stakes DFS contest in about six months this week because, you know, I, I don't go as heavy during tax time and all that, but it's the Masters wanted something to sweat. Uh, so I, I did a lineup in the uh, the 888 or whatever on DraftKings, just one lineup uh, and, you know, started off Hovland and, and Xander were my only two golfers that teed off early in the morning and Hovland shot, what, seven under the first round or something. I was getting real pumped about this one high stakes lineup. And then I had Zal Torres in it. Uh, so it instantly after my first guy, the high of a minus seven first round, uh, it instantly just becomes dead in a matter of about five minutes uh, with Zal Torres pulling out. And now news coming out today that he's going to miss the rest of the season. So uh, tough break for Willie Z. And I don't know, in retrospect, I guess we could have seen that coming with the way he'd been playing and, and everybody talking about his putting stroke, but uh, yeah, Zalator is going to be done for the year for some surgery. Yeah, pretty sad. One of my favorite golfers on tour, and I mean, he had the quote Masters Week saying he finally feels 100%, and then must have hurt his back in warmups on Thursday or late Wednesday night. But uh, I always kind of wish those things come out before lock. Um, and so I think it's the third Masters year in a row that we've had it. Uh, Lou or Paul Casey did last year, and then I can't remember who it was the year before. But uh, yeah, I mean, sucks for Willie Z. Hopefully, he can get back. Uh, I've seen a couple of people compare the situation to Graham Dillette, how uh, you know he was kind of on top of the the DFS golf world for a while, and then he never recovered from his back surgery. So hopefully, we don't have uh, you know one of those on our hands. But uh, and then we had Tiger, you know, I couldn't believe he went. Well, he there. could hardly. He was um, almost needed to be wheeled off the course. Yeah, I mean, we all forget that he just had his back fused a couple years ago, and then he's dealing with plantar fasciitis as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, he came, went out there and made the cut, uh, extended his Masters cut streak to twenty three, so he has a chance to set the all time record next year, which should be pretty cool. But uh, man, anytime you get him in cold weather, probably probably safe to stay away from in DFS. Yeah, and it went from, you know, 90 degrees there the first day to in the 40s there with rain uh, after a couple days, and that uh, definitely wasn't good for old Tiger, but uh, nice to see him at least make the cut and uh, and give it the old college, college try there, but uh, you could tell he, he was going to have trouble making it through the weekend. Otherwise, John Rahm, of course, uh, put his stamp on the tournament uh, with a victory, uh, comfortable victory, four-shot win. Uh, by kind of playing steady golf there, which was even more impressive when you consider that he four putted the first hole of the tournament uh, and still was able to win comfortably. So just uh, continuing his uh, spectacular season and uh, he'll be teeing it up again this week. Also, uh, it wasn't necessarily a week with a ton of carnage outside of Zalatoris withdrawing and Connors and Justin Thomas uh, missing the cut. Most of the other higher uh, higher owned plays, I guess Minwoo Lee uh, and Rory, obviously too, would be a, a couple of the other guys that uh, that disappointed and, and didn't make the weekend. But you know, with the smaller field at the Masters and a lot of guys that are just out of it, you're not really going to contend unless you get a six to six lineup with uh, with quite a few top tens. So uh, especially when you had Rom and Kepka and Hovland 
Jason Day was in the mix for a while before fading a bit on the weekend. So, uh, you know, what uh, what happened to your boy there over the weekend? It was looking, it was looking rosy there for a few rounds. He had a five-footer to get to 10 under par in his second round. Uh, missed the five-footer and then uh, had to lay up on the par five. Hit his third in the water, and it just uh, came apart from there. And then Sunday, it was just double after double after double. So that was hard to watch. Broke my heart um, like he always does. But uh, maybe that's why I love him so much because, you know, he gives me hope and then takes it away. It's, a, it's the girl that plays hard to get. But, uh, yeah, so that was hard to watch. Um I did have – I made five lineups last week. One had Rom and Brooks, and then it had Minwoo and JT. So uh, it, it had some promise, but uh, didn't quite get there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Phil and, and Speed, that was kind of the story on Sunday other than Rom. Um, they're pairing just absolutely crazy, 13 under par. I think they had 16 or 17 birdies between the two of them. Um, that, was, that was fun to watch. And then kind of just felt like Brooks ran out of steam. I know a lot of people are making the – Live only play three rounds. Jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it, it's funny, even though it's an easy joke to make, it is funny. Um, but then that didn't really apply to, to Phil and uh, Reed. But uh, yeah, Brooks, I think he went 20 straight holes without a birdie. And you just can't do that at Augusta. Um, he was driving. He had the case of the lefts off the tee on Sunday and got himself into some trouble. And I mean, once Rom got the lead, he just felt like it was over. Um, so yeah. He deserved it. He played the best. You mentioned he four-putted this first hole, uh, thanks to Zach Ertz. And then uh, mm-hmm. did you hear that story? Yeah, and I then did. Uh, he also was on the worst side of the the draw, too. So, I mean, for him to win by four with, with those two things happening is uh, really impressive. He was emotional after. I always like watching those interviews. But, uh, yeah, I'm sad we have to wait another 360 days for, for another one. Jacket looked a couple sizes too small for him. I'm not sure what happened there, but uh, I'll have to tailor tailor it up a little bit. Uh, maybe yeah, they, they can't even blame it on making it for Brooks because I mean his was he's just as big. <laughs> I know it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so any other takeaways uh, from the tournament itself? Uh, I think we've covered most of the things I had on my radar. There, pretty good week for Cam Young as well. Um, Degala with a pretty good final push just like Spieth and, and Phil. So uh, it was uh, – and Freddie Couples, the oldest uh, person to make the cut at the Masters. Uh, so that's uh, that's pretty cool to see too. Yeah, those were all fun stories. And obviously you had the, the trees falling. Can't believe nobody yeah, got hurt, no thankfully. Um, yeah, and I think that's, uh, that's just about it. Um, good first major. Can't wait for the other three. Now we get uh, the RBC. So this is going to be a good week. Like you mentioned, the field's a lot better than it usually is. So we don't have those uh, Monday Masters you know, hangovers and, and depressions like usual. Yeah, so this is a designated event, extra money at stake this week. And so you have a lot more people than normal playing uh, the week after a major. I believe most of the top players, except for Zalatoris, of course, who's injured, and Day and McElroy, who've elected to pass, uh, pretty much all the other top PGA Tour guys are in the field this week. Uh, and so you're going to see quite a few of them that maybe don't have a lot of history at Harbortown, uh, which is interesting because it's not necessarily as predictive uh, in terms of course history, but it is kind of a unique layout, a unique course that, you know, I do think there is some value for the guys that uh, that tend to play here every year. So we've got a mix of those usuals. Uh, and the guys who are probably only teeing it up because uh, there's a little bit extra at stake. Uh, but in any case, it'll be a change from what we usually see uh, for this tournament and for the week after a major. So 
why don't you give the usual intro on the course uh, Harbor Town this week? Yeah, it's uh, par 71 has been lengthened a little bit. It can now play over 7,200 yards, but still pretty short by PGA Tour standards. It's in Hilton Head, and uh, our boy Dan Kramer says he lives in Hilton Head, so he'll be uh, boots on the ground. Um, so they'll have to give us some inside takes uh, if he hears any this week. If you hear of any withdrawals, you know, let us know before lock. Eh? Uh, <laughs> those are those are tough to recover from. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so these have some of the smallest greens on the PJ Tour, 3,700 square feet. The only smaller ones are going to be Pebble Beach. The fairways aren't as narrow as you might expect on one of these like strategic courses. Um, so they're going to be pretty easy to hit, but you're going to see a lot of guys, you know, lay off the driver this week. Uh, doesn't really favor any specific skill set other than you got to be good around the greens. Cause if you miss the greens and, you know, with them being so small, everyone's going to be missing a lot of greens. You gotta, gotta be able to scramble. Uh, you gotta be able to put on Bermuda. And I mean, I was just looking at the guys with the best course history. It's Matt Kuchar, Webb Simpson, and Patrick Cantlay. So, you know, three guys with, you know, really good short games. So that kind of fits the the, the bill of what I'm looking for. But uh, you can definitely ball strike your way around here, especially if the wind's not going to be up. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of uh, what the scoring looks like with the fact that we have a stronger field than usual. Uh, you know, if the course will simply play a little bit easier because the quality of golfer uh, is higher than what we usually see. So, uh, that'll be to be determined, obviously, and the you know, and what the weather does as well. But uh, a course where patience is uh, certainly going to pay off, and you're not just going to be able to bomb and gouge your way to uh, 24 under par like we see on some of these uh, easier PGA Tour stops these days. So should be a fun one. Uh, and let's go ahead and uh, and dig into the golfers. So uh, pricing this week, it, obviously, it's not as loose as it was for the major. Major, we do have five golfers above 10K. Uh, that would be Rom, Scheffler, Spieth, Cantlay, Morikawa. And I think this is interesting because, you know, Rom coming off a major win. Uh, Scheffler, I believe, has never played here. Uh, Spieth, Cantlay, and, and Morikawa have been regulars or semi-regulars at this tournament. And, and Spieth and Cantlay finished 1-2 here last year. So, uh, and Cam Young finished third. So a lot of these top end golfers rose to the top last year. Uh, are you buying that either a, a master's hangover from Rom or B that, that Rom and or Shuffler could be at a disadvantage without all the history of some of these other guys. I don't think the course history matters as much, but uh, look, Rom could show up without any practice and play well, but uh, I have a feeling that he's not, you know, out there grinding on the range today. I think he's going to take some time to celebrate, you know, his first green jacket, his second major win. So that does worry me. Um, it's just, I mean, grinding it out, especially how much golf they had to play uh, in contention on Sunday. It just makes me think he's probably going to have a little bit of a down week. So he's probably my least favorite of the five. And then I saw a quote from Jordan Spieth saying he needs to revamp his schedule for next year because he's incredibly tired right now after playing eight of the last 10 weeks. And he's a defending champ here, which comes with extra media obligations. So, I mean, that kind of worries me a little bit. Then you mentioned, you know, I, I think those two would be my least favorite. Nobody issue with Scheffler. I think he was second tee to green last week at the Masters, just couldn't putt. And then uh, my favorites are going to be Cantlay and Morikawa. Cantlay just loves all P. Dye courses, three top tens here. Morikawa, number one in ball striking uh, the last two years here. So, if he putts, I think he can win. And Cantlay just 
feels like he needs to just putt too. Um, he's been really good ball striking the last three months or so. So those are going to be my favorites. What about you? Yeah, we're pretty much in alignment there. I mean, obviously, I always tend to be underweight on Spieth, and that quote is concerning. Uh, was tilted at his uh, hot Sunday round there to climb up the leaderboard yesterday. But, uh, yeah, probably underweight on Spieth and uh, and Rom, obviously, for the same reasons you mentioned. Um, probably go Cantlay, Scheffler, Morikawa for my rankings for the other three. I uh, do think that Morikawa is uh, is really interesting. Some good uh, late signs from him at the Masters as well. Um, and you know he doesn't have, I guess the you know the chipping issues that we often see with Hovland. Uh, Hovland, who was clearly annoyed with Patrick Cantlay uh, over the weekend uh, with the uh, pace of play. Who wasn't? Was Appar- very apparently Rom had to pee on one of the holes and Cantley was lining up his putt. Rom went pee, came back, and he still hadn't hit the putt yet. So, I mean. And Brooks had a quote afterwards that, uh, that you know, Rom went to the bathroom like seven times in, during the round and they were still waiting every time. So, uh, yeah, the subtle, not so subtle jabs, I guess, that Cantley continue. But so hopefully Hovland doesn't get paired with Cantley. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is a course where around the green game really matters. Hovland's only played here once. Um, yeah, I don't necessarily care if you're a poor putter, per se, but the chipping uh, with Hovland, I think, worries me at this place. Yeah, it worries me, too. And, look, he had his quotes about how much he's been practicing around the green, how he feels more comfortable. And the first couple of days, uh, he looked pretty good at the Masters, but, man, he got lucky on – quite a few of them i watched the whole first two rounds because he was paired with tiger and uh you know i watch every tiger shot that i can these days and uh man he got some lucky breaks with those uh with those chips around the green so i'm not buying into the narrative that uh, all of a sudden he's good uh good chipper of the ball so i'm probably with you on hovland uh cam young's kind of interesting because this doesn't feel like a good course for him the driver's his biggest weapon but he was third here last year um and i looked at his stats he gained 4.6 strokes off the tee so i don't know if he just is hitting driver anyway and just cutting corners and being more aggressive than everyone else that could be a, a boomer bust strategy here so maybe i'll have some of him in tournaments but it does feel a little bit easier just to go you know down to Finau, shoffle and homa all three all three of them you know don't really have a big weakness they're all pretty good with their irons around the green and, uh, yeah, I think those are going to be my favorites in that 9K range. I'd be interested to see um, where ownership goes on some of those guys that you just mentioned because, you know, Finau had an okay week, finished 26th, uh, but, you know, not obviously in contention and at the top where everybody was talking about him uh, over the weekend. Uh, let's see, where did Xander finish up? I'm gonna get the leaderboard up here. And I Andrew's- Xander did kind of backdoor into top tied for 10th. So, uh, but you know, these guys weren't really in the mix per se as we headed into Sunday. Homa finished 43rd. So, you know, if people are just going off of recency bias and what they saw last week with the Masters, you know, Finau, Shawfully, Homa, Thomas, who missed the cut at 8,900, maybe you know, those guys end up going a little bit under owned. But if you look at our early projections, it kind of indicates that something like getting two of those guys, like a Finau Xander type of build, uh, seems like it might be somewhat optimal in terms of our early projections right now. Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, it's a strong field. So you can build a really good lineup if you do start in the nine K's and with question marks around, you know, the three best players in the field, I certainly don't, don't mind that strategy. Uh, yeah, I'm peeking at the course history for some of these guys. Xander, I'm really not much to outside of Young's T3 last year. Uh, Justin Thomas does have a T8 three years ago, uh, but nobody that really stood out as a must-have last week at the Masters and nobody with great course history. So I think interesting tournament options pending where the ownership ends up settling on these guys. Um what do you make of Thomas uh, specifically there? Bogey in the last couple holes to miss the cut. Uh, just hasn't been himself here for for most of the year. Yeah, it's mostly been the putter uh, until last week. And, I mean, he got he got the worst of the draw for sure. I think he was the second to last group that went out um, when he finished his second round. And, I mean, guys were hitting at 240 off the tee. It was, uh, it was something in that rain and that wind. But uh, you still can't really give him a free pass for a 42 on the back nine at the Masters. Uh, he did make a lot of bad swings. And, I mean, hey, he helped Tiger get through the cut. So uh, I thank him for that. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just, just one of those weeks I kind of throw out. Um, 8,900 is a good price point. I think if he would have made the cut, played a little better, he would be you know right there with Young and Finau in terms of pricing. And you talk about the skill set needed here. You want to be good on approach. And if you do miss, you want to be good around the green. So, um, yeah, I don't mind going back to Thomas. He'll probably be pretty popular, though. Yeah, I would think he'll be somewhat chalky. But, again, interesting to see uh, where people go in this range. And then heading down the list of upper 8K options, you've got uh, Sam Burns. You've got Sung J M in here. Uh, Burns had a couple of hot rounds. It tends to be you know, what he does. Uh, a, a lot of tournaments gives you one hot round. Started with a 68. Uh, third round though put up a 78 so ended up finishing <laughs> t29 with quite a variance in his rounds but uh burns in there you got sung jm in there who finished tied 16th last week tom kim and another impressive uh just uh, keeps on rolling in terms of courses that he maybe hasn't played a whole lot top 20 for him as well at the masters uh, and then you got a lot of guys that maybe you think good course fit. Fitzpatrick has always talked about how much he likes this course. Lowry has some results here. You've got Hatton and Fleetwood uh, also in the 8K range. So still much stronger than what we see a lot of normal PGA Tour weeks. Looks like Sungjae is projecting the best of the group right now. Uh, our models tend to like him uh, most weeks. Uh, what are your thoughts? You got a favorite out of this uh, 8K group. Yeah, very strong range. Um, I was listening to the broadcast. You know, they were talking about Sam Bennett and how good he's played for a, for a 19-year-old um, you know, as an amateur in the Masters. And then they they cut to Tom Kim, and they were saying Tom Kim's only 20 years old. Um, so he's uh, younger than eight of the top 10 amateurs in the world, um, just to put into perspective how young he is still, even though he's been on the tour for a year now. So um, I thought that was kind of interesting, just yeah. you know, how good he's been. Um, but I like Tom Kim. This feels like the perfect course for him. He's going to hit the fairways. Great iron player, underrated around the greens. So I'll be overweight on him. You mentioned Burns being, you know, very up and down, but he was 10th in DraftKings scoring last week just because he makes so many yeah. birdies and eagles. And uh, I think that's good for that price point. Sung Jay is very safe. I think a lot of people are going to click his name this week. And then uh, I like Terrell Hatton, you know. <laughs> 
I watched him and Homa on Sunday a bit, and they were feeding off each other, man. They both of them went with the fake break the driver over the knee a couple times. Um, they were they were tilting together quite hard, so <laughs> I thought that was funny. But yeah, Hatton, you know, he's got a third third here, a couple good finishes, uh, and then I'll, I'll always play some Tommy. I'll always play some Lowry. I think it's a really strong range, and we didn't talk about Fitzpatrick, who when he first came on tour, he said this was his favorite course yep. and that he was going to win here one day. So. I mean, coming off of a top 10, his best finish in a while. So I think it's a really strong range. Uh, you mentioned the the brick. Did you see that uh, Thomas Peters literally threw his driver into a trash can? I did not. Oh, I got to see that one. So Thomas Peters literally put his driver in the trash um, and and drove with a three wood for his final nine holes and hit every fairway and didn't make a bogey. So perhaps he should just take the driver out of the bag. Um but uh, I did not see the video. I don't know if there is video. I just was reading that secondhand on some article somewhere. But uh, uh, people are going to get mad, I guess, at Augusta. It's going to test your patience. Um, I lost my train of thought because that you, when you talked about them doing the fake uh, bust up the driver over your kneecap, I thought yeah. of that. But yeah, I think Fitzpatrick, certainly a guy I don't mind playing here. Um, Lowry third ninth and third three of his last four trips uh hatton with the good finishes as well so you touched on it i think i will probably uh group these guys together and you know make sure i'm playing at least one of them in in, in most lineups and uh, you can build a relatively safe lineup too this field is a little bit larger than originally projected so uh, because everyone they're allowing everybody who met the criteria to play to to tee it up uh, so even though the scheduled field size of this is at 132, I think originally there were like 145 and with Rory pulling out and, and uh, uh, Jason day pulling out and Zal Torres, of course, we're down to like 143 now. Uh, and they're not going to replace anybody that withdraws unless we happen to get below 132, but the field size is a little bit bigger this week than, than originally projected uh, might make it at least somewhat harder to get those six to six lineups this week. That's a good note. So I was wondering, I was checking the site yesterday and they said 147 in the golfers in the field. And I'd never seen that before. Um, so yeah, it's always sense. usually a multiple or an add of 12. So it's either 132 or 144 or 156. But uh, with these elevated events, I guess everyone that meets the criteria, they're going to try to let them play. So uh, they didn't want to limit it to 132 and, and keep people out. So uh, that was the, the rationale for that. I think we're at 143 or 144 now. Uh, with the withdrawals from today. All right, uh, let's move into the uh, upper end of the seven Ks. Will be interesting to see. Connors is always chalky. Was really chalky last week. We talked about him being severely underpriced coming off a win, uh, and then of course he has a blow up round on Friday slash Saturday. Ends up missing the cut by several strokes. Uh, will be interesting to see what people do with Connors because he's coming to another course that should should suit his game. And where he has three top 25s the last three years. You mentioned Kuchar's course history at the top of the show. Uh, but the field does kind of start to fall off in the upper part of this 7K range. Once you get through, say, Keegan, Connors, Kuchar, um, you know, you got Fowler who's having a rebound year but uh, hasn't had a ton of success here. Uh, Siwoo Kim, Wyndham Clark, Taylor Montgomery, uh, guys that have been kind of hit or miss and don't have a lot of course history. But uh, where are you looking at in the seven upper sevens? Yeah, I don't mind going with some of the guys in this range that didn't play last week. 
Um, you know, they had the week off, uh, extra time to practice. And so that includes Matt Kuchar, who has been awesome here. 11 straight made cuts with the win in a second. Uh, Ricky Fowler, who you mentioned, his approach game has just been awesome. He's gained at least four strokes in four of his last six. Um, and then Wyndham Clark, who used to be a bomber putter, and now all of a sudden he's doing a little bit of everything well, uh, especially with the iron. So I think all three of those names are interesting. I'll always play some Siwoo on P. Dye courses. It kind of feels like a Justin Rose type of track because he's really good with the short game. Going to be fading Henley. I think everybody's going to be on Henley. You know, he was kind of in the mix there on Sunday, and it was almost all short game. Let me pull up the stats right here. So, yeah, for the week, he gained 0.14 um, on approach and and, and off the tee, and then he gained like eight strokes putting and around the green. So I think I'm okay fading him, especially if he's going to be popular. But Corey Connors does feel like a good good bounce-back candidate. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if people just say, hey, we're going to go there or, you know, we're going we're gonna to run for the hills uh, after that performance. But uh, I don't think you need to let one week scare you away, especially if that lowers the ownership. I, I think you got to be interested there at uh, – at 7,800, I don't have a whole lot of interest in uh, in a lot of these other guys kind of in the middle part of the range. Um, you know, Keith Mitchell made the cut, but I think finished dead last last week. Uh, Presser performance from Gary Woodland, turning back the clock a little bit uh, with a solid week, but just haven't seen a whole lot of consistency out of these guys. Hoagie's been up and down. Minwoo Lee uh, looked pretty overwhelmed last week. You know, we haven't seen much of Webb Simpson lately. Adam Scott, I guess, could be somewhat interesting. Um, he had a kind of a solid all-around week, nothing special, but uh, didn't play all that poorly. Uh, but I don't know, just kind of a tough range to peg here in the middle part uh, and starting to go to the bottom part of the 7K range. Looks like Ryan Fox is projecting fairly well again, but uh, you got any hot takes in here? Uh, I don't really like Adam Scott. Um, the last time he finished in the top 20 was August and he just, his stats are pretty ugly. Um, so I don't love him. Webb's interesting, at least a little bit. Um, the irons are back. Talk about course history. Very similar to Matt Kuchar. He's made 11 straight cuts here with the win in a second. Obviously he's not the same golfer now that he was then, but maybe he, uh, you know, is getting on the Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, uh, resurgent train, and then I like JT Poston, 7,300. He's a guy with some good course history, really good short game. He's got three top tens here the last four years. I like Denny McCarthy. He's improving a little bit off the tee. Used to be just straight putter. Uh, and the last time we saw him, he gained over four with the irons. So if he can do that, he's going to have a, a really nice season ahead of him. And don't really love anyone until we get down to Cam Davis. Uh, the last time we saw him was at Valero. I think he was eight over round one. Um, he was seven over at one point in round two and almost made the cut, which would have been crazy. Um, would have been the Brendan Still of the Honda Classic from like 12 years ago, if anybody remembers that. But um, yeah, Cam Davis, he's not sick anymore. He talked about it um, at the start of the year. He was really sick, hurt his practice time and all that. So uh, I think he's interesting. Third place here last year. I'm not going to believe anything I hear in the news after what happened with Sal Torres. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, going from almost dead last to making the cut, that is like the, uh, you know, the anti Keegan, the reverse Keegan, uh, from what, uh, what Davis did there a few weeks back, but, uh, yeah, I can get behind that. I, I mean, it, 
if you look at uh, some of the guys in this, I can't get behind Webb. I know the course history is there. Uh, I think if I'm going with a course history guy in this range, I'd go with Poston uh, before I went with Webb. Um, probably still off of Harmon, Horschel. Uh, just tough to uh, to get on board with those guys these days. But like the McCarthy call as well. Uh, and then uh, Davis, who you mentioned, that's probably about it uh, for me in this range. You know, Svensson hasn't been doing a whole lot lately. Um, actually did play Mackenzie Hughes at 7K. I played him in a couple of lineups last week where I needed somebody basically min salary, uh, and that ended up working out uh, for min salary, T29, and a, a good finish for <laughs> Mackenzie Hughes at the Masters. But uh, Speaking of, uh, who did you just say before Hughes? Now I lost my train of thought oh uh, Svensson. oh yeah <laughs> did you hear Svensson's interview at the masters no so they were asking him questions and he didn't know the name of his caddy and then they were asking about his practice round and asked him about the 13th hole the changes and he didn't know what hole it was at the masters and then they were asking about the club he plays out of and like all the top pros play out of the, the same club and he couldn't name one golfer that was in the club <laughs> like i don't know if he was I don't just joking or but everyone's like, what in the world's happening with Adam Spencer? Had they a few beverages and, before his interview. I yeah, it might have been some mushrooms or something <laughs> better. I, I don't know. But um getting a lot of questions about the the snake draft in the chat. So it's gonna be the five dollar, gonna be the twelve man, but uh, don't fill it until uh, we get there. All right. So one of these weeks we'll have to ignore it and do a different <laughs> one because there's too many people in there uh before we get in. This has become a thing. Um and we're almost there. We're almost there uh, as we get into the uh, the punt range um, is where the field strength really dips. A lot of red in our projections uh, in the 6Ks. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily think you need to go down here. Uh, feels like a course where Noto might like Brendan Todd a little bit, but I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, Brendan Todd's going to make the cut, finish T49. So if you want that in your in your lineups, you can certainly take him. This feels like an Andrew Putnam course, but he's 0 for 4 here. I don't really get why. The last time we saw him, he was really good with the ball striking. So I think that course history is going to keep the ownership down. I think he's the most uh, talented golfer in the 6Ks. And then Ben Griffin at 69 just has been so good. Uh, I think he's missed two cuts, and both of them were right near the number um, recently. Other than that, like you mentioned, I don't think we need to go down that low because for $1,000 more, you can get Matt Kuchar, Corey Connors, Chris Kirk, Justin Rose, those types. So, yeah, for me, I'm not taking a lot of 6K guys. Yeah, same here. Don't mind those plays, uh, but uh, not looking to dig too deep into that range. Maybe we'll uncover another gem or two at the uh, lower end of the, uh, the snake draft, but there's nobody that's projecting all that well in terms of um, – not even a whole lot of guys. I'm just kind of scrolling through looking for guys that have like made greater than 50% uh, made cut odds, but we don't have anybody uh, outside of a few of those that you just mentioned are in the high forties. But if you want to go by safety, uh, once you get below seven K there's, uh, there's not a whole lot down there. So that's probably good in terms of analysis of the, lower end range and everybody's itching for the snake draft. So if you're, uh, if you're watching on the podcast feed, we can bid you farewell uh, unless you want to listen to 
uh, the glorious analysis that goes into me failing to cash a snake draft team. Uh, or if you want to know who not to play, I guess you can do that. Uh, you can take that route. Uh, but uh, otherwise, we will hope to see you back here next week. As always, thanks for listening. Pop onto the YouTube video and, uh, and give us a thumbs up at some point.